It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome to the American Out Loud Talk Radio Network. I'm Ed Huglin, your host for today, and for the next hour on the NASA Security Hour. We have a real exciting guest today, as we've had her on several times, and has also been on her program, The Voice of Dr. Yen. Dr. Li Min Yen and I will be discussing China's cognitive war against America, as related to the book that was published 24 years ago, Unrestricted Warfare, published in 1999. And we'll discuss the cognitive warfare in that aspect, a Chinese culture, and the character, how the character of war has changed for China. But the U.S. perspective remains stuck in the industrial age, vice the information age. I'd like to remind our listeners that this is an episode that is part of an ongoing series of discussions, critical discussions, between Dr. Yan and myself on cognitive war. You're going to get critical insights deeper understanding and analysis and assessments of the importance of cognitive war and what it plays in today's world. As I engage with her, both on this show, the National Security Hour, and as I said, the voice of Dr. Yen, which plays on Saturday and Sunday and the weekends. The publication, Unrestricted Warfare, was first published again in 1999 by two Communist Party colonels. The focus of our discussion today will be about the first chapter of that book. My intent with Dr. Yin is to walk through various chapters of this book to help convey an understanding of what it means in the context of our national security thinking, what our national security planning, and what the threat to our way of life is, while we also discuss the cultural differences between the U.S. and China and how that may be impeding our thinking. We'll continue focusing on two specific problems in this discussion today. First, that we have an overfixation here in the United States on technology, an overfixation that is bankrupting our country while leaving us less capable, less guarded, and tremendously more vulnerable to our enemies. The second key problem we'll face and talk about today remains that the US is perpetually reactive focused solely or near solely on kinetic solutions only. As we fail to define the problem, that is given our fixation on technology as the salvation, without realizing the real war, the ongoing war is actually the cognitive war. And it is the most dangerous and existential threat to our freedom, to our republic. And that is occurring both globally and domestically. What has changed over the last few centuries is the democratization of technology to advance the flow or constriction of information, to refine the art of impacting the most critical domain, the cognitive domain, the domain of the human mind. China, though, has advanced its ability to wage war in the cognitive domain exponentially as they wage and advance a well-thought-out, multifaceted, and truly strategic strategy. In comparison, the U.S. national security apparatus sits, waits, and reacts. This is a losing posture. This is a losing posture, and it is a posture that will result in the demise of a republic unless we change our way of thinking. 
The Art of War, written by Sun Tzu over 2,500 years ago, lays out a lot of the simple tactics and techniques that China is using today. There's nothing new there. The difference is how they're implementing it using technology and the strategy they're using to implement it. To address this topic, let me introduce my guest for today, Dr. Li Minyan. She is a medical doctor, PhD virologist, and independent coronavirus expert who is educated at the top two medical schools in China, the Southern Medical University and Central South University, and at the School of Public Health, the University of Hong Kong, where she received a postdoctorate fellow. Her extensive professional network and scientific evidence, Dr. Yan has the distinction of being the only Chinese insider in the West with firsthand knowledge about the true nature of the virus, the China flu, the COVID-19 virus, as well as the CCP's deceptive methods used to disguise their international bioweapons research. She brings us an extremely unique perspective, an insider perspective on China and cognitive warp. She determined through her investigations that the spread of the virus in Wuhan was not the result of a lab leak. And so recognizing the great danger posed by the virus and what the CC plot is to uh, cover this up, Dr. Yan fled to the United States to reveal the truth to the world. So I'm going to turn to Dr. Yan here in a second here as we're going to cover three specific areas. One is how is technology viewed as a totem or icon of modern man? The context for naming unrestricted warfare and what does this context mean? And then we'll close by discussing the cultural impediments in the U.S. that relate to our unhealthy fixation on technology. So Dr. Yen, first question for you then is, from your perspective, how is technology viewed as a totem or icon of modern man, and how is this cultural curse that precludes the U.S. from advancing capabilities in the ongoing cognitive war? Hi, Edward. Thank you for having me again. Uh, yeah, this is a very good question. And first, I would say that uh, when modern men treat the technology as a totem, this is because they kind of give up their own rights to control the life to the technology. It's, I mean, it's a gradual uh, progress, but the thing is, you try to rely on the technology to do everything. So you are kind of uh, waiting to develop the technology in every aspect. It's kind of, for example, we can take artificial intelligence as example. People now talking about chat GPT, talking about how to use it to solve almost all the problems in your lives. However, could you let AI replace human? We know we don't want it happen. And we also know when we develop the AI, we are still training AI using the knowledge that people have and using the experience people have. So that means as human, our thinking, our experience should be more priority to the development of the technology and then we can change the technology. So in this case, if we just talk about uh, like the technology in different fields and using them like, as we are talking now, develop weapons to protect your country, to do everything, then basically we should uh, also let our thinking uh, blend into 
this kind of development. And that is kind of what we want. So in this case, what I see is uh, compared to CCP series, the unrestricted for uh, warfare, CCP has already have this thinking. One reason is because they know when we talk about the pure development of the technology, the STEM, China is usually uh, have a big difference compared to the United States. However, China can use the, this kind of thinking when they develop the cognitive uh, interference, when they use people's cognition, they can make it as a balance. That's what Chao Liang, this author, wrote. Uh, now he is a general in PLA. When he wrote this uh, book back to 20, over 20 years ago, he mentioned America may focus only on the advanced technology uh, in the weapon development, but China could think about using kind of low technology, but combined with the highly developed mind, the thinking, the cognition, and they can use the cognition to control, to manipulate, to influence their enemy. And then they believe that is a new direction to develop their uh, national strategy. And that is exactly what they are working on. And another thing is, I think we can try to understand it from the culture difference. America has been got a lot of uh, like success from World War II because America has developed the very advanced fighter warships and also even nuclear weapons. But China didn't have this kind of opportunity or history. In thousands of years of China's history, basically, as I told you before, it's never changed. It's just a ancient uh, emperor-controlled hierarchy uh, country which uh, always train people to be kind of slaves, even in the modern society. So chi Chinese leaders, those CCP members and previous emperors, they all have their special experience in manipulating people. They develop it in thousands of years. They focus on that. They even ignore the modern technology. And that's why they need to steal it from the United States. But they know how to control people, how to brainwash people, how to influence people, how to cheat people. And now CCP, they also treat this as a kind of magic weapon against the, uh, the United States. And they also keep developing it combined with different ideology and uh, combined with the more uh, the the geopolitical issues combined with their understanding of Americans, so that's why they can develop kind of unique uh, tactics to do the cognitive uh, interference. And unfortunately, because of the cultural difference, this part is widely ignored by the Western people. So no, back I, I, to you. Oh, exactly, exactly. So. Uh, back in 2019, I wrote a paper on cognitive war that we've discussed, and that was 20 years after this book was published. 20 years before I wrote my paper, they wrote this book. And so they've been practicing and implementing this strategy for over 24 years now. But in, 
in that 2019 uh, white paper, I wrote about a 2017 memorandum from the Secretary of Defense, which created information as a seventh joint function. And it said information is such a powerful tool that it is recognized as an instrument of national power. The advent of the Internet, expansion of information technology, have dramatically impacted operations and changed the character of modern warfare. The elevation of information to a joint function impacts all operations across doctrine, organization, etc. But what's what was missing from this memorandum? And what have we seen since this memorandum? All we've seen is a number of various concepts, concepts put forward, nothing in actual doctrine, nothing in actual organization and such. So we remain fixated on technology. And as I wrote then, is technology is not the problem, it's defining the problem. And as you pointed out in the unrestricted warfare, the authors define the problem. It's the cognitive domain aspects, and they've now figured out based on defining the problem, how do we then apply technology, low technology or high technology, against resolving that problem to our favor? And they've been very adept at that. And so what was interesting, I saw in the in the page 12 of the New Warfare, when they talk about this, <clears throat> they said, we have come up with a new name for this form of war, warfare which transcends all boundaries and limits. In short, it's unrestricted warfare. It, and they went on to say, if this name becomes established, this kind of war means that all means will be in readiness, that information, that information will be omnipresent and the battlefield will be everywhere. They go on to say it means that all weapons and technology can be superimposed at will, and that all boundaries lying between the two worlds of war and non-war, of military and non-military, will be totally destroyed. So this isn't something new, but the realization 20 years ago was. But since, since that time, again, here in the United States, our military and our intelligence leaders remain mostly unaware of this concept and have yet to fully grasp what it really means. And that's why Dr. Yen and I are having these programs to help put forth our assessment and understanding of the implications here, culturally, politically, and other. What is also interesting is the author's understanding of one of the key findings is that technology is not the problem. It's defining the problem when they state but they state this in a slightly different manner. And I'll go back to you, Dr. Yen, for your thoughts on this. They say oh, the irrational expansion of technology causes mankind to continually lose his goals in the complex ramifications of the tree of technology, losing his way and forgetting how to get back. So what are your thoughts in terms of the U.S. and the cultural focus here on technology, but the lack of the cognitive focus? Oh, I think it's a, there is a very typical example for this kind of uh, failure uh, between ch uh, U.S. and uh, China. So the, the very uh, well-known example happened in these three years is COVID-19 pandemic. And because according to the current definition, coronavirus is not defined as bioweapon, uh, I have checked the list of American, even Russians, different version of the bio weapon agent list. They didn't include coronavirus. 
Why? Because coronavirus previously is a low death rate. I mean, basically, you can ignore this kind of pathogen and this type of virus. However, China managed to change it and modify it in the last 20 years, and now it become the COVID-19 virus. And it killed over 1 million Americans. It killed over tens of million uh, people all over the world. Then what happened? Still now, American intelligence agency are still arguing whether it comes from the lab in China. And basically, almost no one officially dared to point it out it is from the bioweapon laboratories under People's Liberation Army. Why? I have talked to many people in DC and in intelligence community. They told me they, many of them believe this is kind of bioweapon, but they can't define it because it doesn't fit the traditional definition of bioweapon. Yes. And so, and also, why we talk about it here? Because it also combines the cognitive interference. This is how China mentioned as the kind of mixture of low technology and also the highly developed cognitive uh, intervention. If we, I mean, if we ignore all this kind of cognitive intervention, that means we can assume that the scientists tell truth, like Fauci tell truth, and also Dashak tell truth, and also we see uh, mainstream media, if they're not, disturbed by CCP's propaganda, they will tell, okay, initially we need to think about the lab origin possibility, and later we have seen this and that kind of evidence, and they won't lie to uh, smear my evidence. Altogether, yes. I mean, it's, it will save you much time and efforts. Well, well so one thing, one, one thing I like to so highlight here is what you talk about, the, tr- the difference in traditional definitions. So we we have to take a break here, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the traditional definitions as we talk about what it means in the weapons revolution from a Chinese perspective related to unrestricted warfare. All of our shows go to podcast typically a day after broadcast is heard here on talk radio. You can hear them on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, and iHeart podcast, and many more. Be sure to subscribe and rate our show on the podcast app form. You can also comment on these things. We look forward to your input to help us refine and make sure that this show is useful and very important to America's national security. We'll be right back. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix Rx. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rx nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. 
It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to the NASA Security Hour. On with me today is my host guest, Dr. Lee Min Yun. Today, we're discussing unrestricted warfare and the cultural aspects and differences between the U.S. and China and what it means for us. Before we went on break, Dr. Yin brought up a critical and critically important point about the traditional definitions of war and weapons. As we talked about bioweapons and the intelligence community here in the United States not being able to define bioweapons based on the coronavirus because it doesn't quite fit neatly into their bin of definitions. But this goes back to what I've talked about now for several years is our lack of thinking in the cognitive domain, but our also our thinking, which is stuck in the industrial age. So we take a look at the context for the name unrestricted warfare. We take a look at the authors and the authors of what they say in their in book. It says when people discuss future warfare, they are already quite accustomed to using certain weapons or certain technologies to describe it just as we, Dr. Yee and I were discussing. They then go on to say that formulations such as high-tech warfare and information warfare, whose intent is to use the broad concept of technology to replace the concept of specific weapons. So here we see their understanding, their understanding in the driving force of technology, but yet to replace the concept of specific weapons here. But here in the United States, this focus again, belays an understanding that the primary battlefield remains the human mind and that any weapons of any sort, technology, information, or other can be applied to influence and impact. And so our adversaries here in China have figured this out. And so they say, they go on to say, even in future wars, all weapons have information components embodied in them and fully computerized but we can still not term such war information warfare. At most, we can just call it computerized warfare. But they go on to say computerized warfare in the broad sense and information warfare in the narrow sense are two completely different things. The former refers to various forms of warfare which are enhanced, which are enhanced and accompanied by information technology, while the latter primarily refers to war in which information technology is used to obtain or suppress information, to obtain or suppress information. So as Dr. Yen mentioned with the coronavirus, the COVID-19, China undertook a massive disinformation campaign to suppress the truth and suppress the real information. And within our own government, U.S. government, our own intelligence community members and others, there was conflicts between them where that information was then also suppressed by our once free press. So this is the essence of my theory of the information equilibrium. It is if those who can control the flow, access, and type of information that we get, okay, they have a preponderance and say of how freedom or denying freedom and advancing subjugation. 
Dr. Yen, what are your thoughts on, on what I've just covered here related to this uh, this new warfare and the concept of new weapons? Uh, yes, as we have talked about, they try to talk, uh, I mean, in this book, uh, Chinese PLA uh, general is talking about the concept and uh, talking about America can develop very high advanced weapons. However, China had its own uh advantage in cognitive warfare and we have seen that now what they are going to do and they have already applied it in many aspects is to manipulate the cognition and what they mean is because they believe finally it's a human made the decision to use the high level a uh, high advanced uh, weapon or not so they will go to the root because they don't have the same advanced weapon compared to the United States. So they will go to the root, to the human. They want to change the mind of the human. They want to change the person who would make the decision. And then this will influence the decision. And then this will influence the policies and all the things related to Americans' national security. And so in this case, what we want to say is, the, their point is to make Americans in the confronting with uh, China become unaware, become unconscious of the danger. And once you ignore that, because you cannot define the danger in the tra- using the traditional definition, then you, you feel you have nothing to do. You can't do nothing. And that will c- give CCP the more opportunities to further uh, undermine America. And still, for example, when we're using the COVID as example, I define it as unrestricted bioweapon, because since you cannot define it as bioweapon, why not we use a new concept that will be more flexible? And also for China, when the United States was arguing whether this is from the lab or from the nature, China has already have a lot of internal documents written by PLA and CCP high-ranking officers. For example, in one article they published in 2021, the not, not article, document, they're using the title as infectious disease about the, uh, which can decide the rise and fall of a big country. And they are talking about during the COVID pandemic, US start to fall to the bad situation and China win the situation and they are talking about infectious disease can decide the fate of the great country. So you'll see they are very aggressive. They know how to use the opportunity to gain from the cognitive warfare against America. And I hope America can be more effective, can change your style to move to the very proactive way, because you should know, according to CCP's idea, the the ultimate goal to use the cognitive uh, interference against America is to end America. Yes, exactly. But to your point, for America to move from a reactive posture to a proactive posture requires forethought strategy and an actual plan. Unfortunately, we have none, from my perspective. And when you mentioned how the U.S. reacted during COVID, I think it was Neil Gorsuch, one of the members of the Supreme Court, highlighted 
how American people were so willfully allowed themselves to be subjugated by the bureaucracy and their freedoms taken away so willfully. So the point here is in cognitive warfare. That is the end goal from the Chinese perspective, is the subjugation. And what they saw from the U.S. reaction was that if they play the information war properly, the subjugation will not be a problem because they've seen it play out during the COVID crisis. And so the authors write in their book, if one thinks one must rely on advanced weapons to fight modern war, being blindly superstitious about the miraculous effects of such weapons, sounds like the U.S., doesn't it? It may actually result in turning something miraculous into something rotten. Oh boy, do they nail that in the head, because it is something rotten. Overfixation on these technology and high-tech weapons belays the point that Dr. Yen just made about using low-tech bioweapons and other things, inexpensive means. Okay, So they say, they continue, we find ourselves in a stage where a revolutionary leap forward is taking place in weapons. Going from weapon systems symbolized by gunpowder to those symbolized by information. So this is the critical point. Weapons symbolized by gunpowder to weapons symbolized by information. Now, again, they've been implementing this for over 24 years now. And practice makes perfect. And so they've not only implemented this across a multifaceted strategy, but they're doing it across multiple countries, and now they're doing it in cahoots with Russia. So they also talk about the use of information. Culturally, we are bankrupting our national security due to this complete ignorance. So what they say is the first determine the mode of combat, then develop the weapons. So Dr. Yen addresses, what's the function you want to perform? Then how do you apply technology in terms of that use? Then they say customize those weapon systems to tactics, which in the U.S.'s case, are still being explored and studied. But in China's case, they're being honed and refined because they've been implementing. So to me, what they're saying here is exactly what our cyber and information operations elements across the intelligence community and Department of Defense are doing. They're building customized weapons for tactics, which are fundamentally just concepts being explored. So in other words, they're building weapons that they've not really figured out what they want to do with them and they've not been tested or honed. This is very dangerous as we're leading ourselves to believe that we're on the cutting edge of leadership and technology and such, but in fact, we're at the exact opposite stage. As, so what the hell are we doing building stovepipes, these titanium cylinders of sub-excellence? And every single major military command, they have their information cyber operations element being developed, every one of them detached from the other ones. This book published 24 years ago is actually taking not concepts, but practical efforts to put this stuff into place. And Dr. Yen pointed out with the COVID-19, the bioweapons and stuff, they're doing this very effectively. Back to you, Dr. Yen. Oh yeah, actually we're talking about the unrestricted. It is uh, one hand is talking about the unrestricted in the concept of the weapon as what uh, this author has pointed out, he quotes that everything can benefit uh, mankind, also can be used to harm mankind. So he, he basically, 
tell people you should forget the traditional concept definition of weapons and the there is no restriction to define the weapon. Everything can be weaponized. And also the other thing for unrestricted here is that there is no rule, no rule of law, no uh, regulations, boundaries to use this weapon against the, the enemies. That means they have implant, uh, uh, thinking of inhumanity from communist China because they don't care about uh, people's life. They don't never care about, about the international law. They never care about freedom. So as long as it fits their goals, they can do whatever things to uh, dam uh, damage their enemies. So, 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 so let me interrupt there for a quick second. So that's a critically important point. And I think a critically important cultural point that you bring up here. There are no uh, boundaries, political, religious, cultural, legal, or regulatory in terms of what weapons and how weapons are used because they care not about human life. Here in the West, in the United States, foolishly, foolishly, our political leaders on both sides of the fence often defer to China thinking that they have a like concern for human life. So if you can continue to expand on that because they do not, the leadership there does not. The people may, but the leadership does not. Uh, yeah, because, uh, I mean, first, I, I should say, I appreciate that in American constitution that human rights, freedom, democracy, these are all protected. This is a very great achievement in human history. However, if you know China, in Chinese history, there is never such kind of culture or change in whatever dynasties or regime. So so maybe I can uh, tell a little bit more uh, based on this. So when we talk about the CCP thinking, it's based on Chinese culture and communism and their experience. And they always emphasize something as great unification. And this kind of great unification is a, one of the core thinking uh, in their uh, strategy. So. This actually has no matching term in English. And I've checked and finally I think we should consider this kind of supremacy uh, thinking in their mind as kind of combination of Chinese history, culture, ideology, which implies the dictatorship, discrimination. When I say di discrimination is when they say you are not the part of their great unification, then they discriminate you. And also it's talking about the uh, patriarchy and it's talking about ignorance of life, talking about control, fear, using emotions. So you see, all together, it becomes the fundamental kind of knowledge for CCP's cognitive warfare uh, strategy. They combine all this together. So when you talk about humanity, when you talk about uh, how to make the uh, how to uh, define the weapon and the warfare. For CCP, it's just uh, one thing, to aim to achieve their goals, 
to the great unification, uh, to CCP's nationalism, like China dream, great rejuvenation, it's altogether the similar thing. That means they they won't care about any boundaries, any rules, any laws. They won't care about any human lives. They just want ruin you, end you. No, so that's a that's a fantastic point because what you pointed out here <clears throat> is in terms of the great unification effort. China has a strategy, they have forethought and planning of what they're looking to do. In other words, they've defined the future they want to sustain for their country and how they're going to do it. But here in the United States, the most we can come up with is a four-year national security strategy, which is usually inept and too myopic and too, too narrowly focused. We don't take a whole of government or whole society approach like China does, but we need to. But we need to take that whole of government, whole society strategy and approach by defining for our purposes, for our goals and national objectives, how we see the United States and how we see each region of the world, not over the next four years, but how we see them over the next 100 to 200 years, because this is how China does it. And China looks at this strategically. And so when they make their decisions, they don't make them on a tactical fly. They make them strategically and patiently using the resources they have with the lower uh, capability weapon systems in some cases, but now they've weaponized information in such a manner that it outpaces anything the United States has. Now, when we come back from break, we'll continue to discuss this topic here. It's a fascinating area to understand for the listeners. Now, be sure, be sure to make American Outlaw Talk Radio your one-stop shop, because we have a number of great programs on this network, including the NASA Security Hour. You can listen to our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best-in-class applications available on Apple, Android, and Alexa, where they stream 24 by 7. But now you can also hear all of them on any podcast from the variety of shows here at the American Outlaw Radio Network. Just go to AmericanOutloud.com. That's AmericanOutloud.com. We'll be right back. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative thinking. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. 
With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Welcome back to the National Security Hour. This is Ed Huglin, your host. I'm with Dr. Yen today discussing unrestricted warfare. Now it relates to cognitive warfare, Chinese and cultural differences with the United States. So as we left on break, we were talking how the authors in unrestricted warfare have driven the use of information to new heights in terms of as a weapon and how they use low, lower technology, less capable technologies in phenomenal ways to outmaneuver the United States. So in their book, they highlight an experience uh, as they say, viewed from the performance of U.S. military in Somalia, where they were at a loss when they encountered Adid's forces, the most modern military force, does not have the ability to control the public clamor and cannot deal with an opponent who does things in an unconventional manner. So what they saw here, and then it goes on to say, it is difficult for high-tech troops to deal with unconventional warfare and low-tech warfare. And perhaps there is a rule here or at least an interesting phenomenon, which is worth studying. This is so true, because if you take a look at not only Somalia, but we spent two decades, two decades in Afghanistan, fighting what we thought was a high-tech kinetic war from our side, but on the opposite side, with ISIS and other opponents, it was a low-tech cognitive war, and they won. We may have won kinetic battles, but we lost cognitively the whole war. And as I've said before, the United States has lost every war since World War II, less the Korean War, which is a a stalemate, okay, because we lost the cognitive aspect of it. Now, here lays one of the very interesting key strategies that both China and Russia are implementing today against America. Because not only are they implementing this cognitive approach with information as as a weapon, they also learn from our mistakes and our uh, our victories in the Cold War. So in the Cold War, we bankrupted the Soviet Union. So right now, in the the book they they wrote back in um, 1999, they wrote, to ensure that weapons are in the lead, one must continue to up the ante in development costs. The result of this continued raising of the stakes is that no one has enough money to maintain the lead. It is ultimate result is that the weapons used to defend the country actually become a cause for national bankruptcy. So take a look at what Ukraine, Russia, and China, what that situation is doing to us. It's a replay of the end of the Cold War. Only we now put ourselves in the places of the Soviet Union and China and Russia put themselves in place of us, the United States, because they're bankrupting us using our own strategy and using lessons learned from watching what we did, not only in Afghanistan, but what we did in the Cold War. So this is very interesting. So back to you, Dr. Yen, what are your thoughts on this? I would say that this kind of example show how China communist China understand American thinking and that is the uh, basis for them to manipulate you using the cognition. So they understand your system, they understand your uh, rule of law, they understand your history. I mean, uh, maybe it's not deeply enough, but that's enough for them to make those tactics using the cognitive interference. So when we t- 
talk about this kind of example. Another example is uh, the North Korean war back to 1950s, which Xi Jinping appreciates so much and he put it as the top spirit for the communist, uh, uh, for the China, communist China. And one famous battle was uh, the Changjin Lake battle. And it at that time, China didn't announce they will join the North Korea uh, war. And they even didn't admit later uh, those are the soldiers from People's Liberation Army. They claimed that those are the volunteers. And they have secretly sh uh, sent like over tens, uh, over 100,000 soldiers to the uh, Changjin Lake. And also what they want is just to ambush there and like in the morning when the American army saw there are 100,000 Chinese soldiers, even when the Chinese people, majority of them are already frozen overnight in the very cold winter in uh, as, uh, as a lake, this create kind of fear to American army. And in that battle, 100,000 People's Liberation Army uh, members dead and versus around 4,000 uh, injury and death of the American army. However, it changed the situation of the war. It made American side thought China is a terrible enemy and maybe it's not good to continue the war against uh, North Korea. So that's why later the war is end and the CCP believe they have actually won the war. And they also think to create the, this kind of fear, even the, with the cost of 100,000 people's life is worthy. So that is their evil thinking. Uh, they want to create thinking, they want to create the image, they want to create the emotion to use altogether to influence their enemies. And they have a lot of this kind of uh, successful experience. And also when they use the, when they use your system to de uh, deal with you, another example is now they are using anti-Asia to silence Americans because whatever you talk about CCP's espionage, you're talking about COVID-19 come from China, you're talking about CCP's infiltration, uh, China will tell you this is anti-Asian. And even recently, I see the news in Virginia, one uh, like the Congresswoman who is Asian uh, identity, she rejected to let students learn the uh, communism's uh, evil history because she claimed that will be anti-Asian. And the part is Americans accept this concept. They also think, oh, we should be guilty of maybe this is potentially anti-Asian, then we should not do that. I'm Asian, I'm Chinese. This is like how China talking about peaceful unification, love. This is totally a lie. And if you fall into this kind of trap, then you basically become the kind of the uh, praise for CCP already. No, you're exactly right. This is part of the cognitive war is because and it's part of the domestic as well as the global. Because here in the United States, as you point out so rightfully so, the far radical left uses racism and anti-Asian and anything else they can to taint any discussions about controlling 
the efforts of China and others to subjugate us. So here's here's the Orwellian language being used, and it was exemplified when Matt Olson, who was the director of the security branch at the Fascist Bureau of Investigation, formerly known as the FBI, when he canceled the Chinese espionage program that Trump had in place. Why? Just as Dr. Yen said, because it was viewed as anti-Asian and use of our national security apparatus was concerning to some of the Asian community in the United States. Yet here in the United States in the domestic cognitive war, our own corrupt Department of Justice has no problem weaponizing the justice system and weaponizing the intelligence community against our own citizens. But this is the point that Dr. Yen are trying to raise to you. What we see happened in China is happening here in the United States and had taken it very effectively. And so then they get these lemmings from the left, like this congresswoman, they get lemmings from the left, in my opinion, like Matt Olson, who then buy into this BS of the anti-Asian stuff, rather than looking at the simplistic facts that what they're doing here is purposeful subversion. And this is also demonstrated, as I said, in terms of the use of weapons and such and preparations for Taiwan. I don't think China is going to invade Taiwan. They won't have to. First of all, they have the regional footprint to do whatever they mostly want there, but not necessarily to invade Taiwan. But they do have the regional footprint to bleed the United States dry, much as they're doing already in Ukraine. So from a broader strategy, it doesn't take much of a brainchild to think, figure out what Xi's thinking may be, is he can boister and sword threaten all he wants for potential conflict with Taiwan, but he's depleted our weapons stockpiles to such a low level, we can't fight another major conflict. So as it reported in the Epoch Times recently, in a major regional conflict such as war with China and the Taiwan Strait, the report went on, the use of U.S. munitions would likely exceed current stockpiles. The U.S. Department of Defense leading to a problem of what they say, empty bins. They said the finding here since replicated in another war game, which concluded by the Select Committee on the CCP. They conducted this in May, and the panel's war game quickly developed into a catastrophic results. The U.S. side, played by the Select Committee members, quickly running out of munitions and being rendered incapable of resupplying Taiwan. So again, they don't have to fight a kinetic war. They're winning the cognitive war. So they're implementing this strategy today. What they also go on to write is, when empires perish, it is not with a rumble, but a snicker. And then they go on to say, not only in the authors of the unrestricted warfare, not only was this true for the former Soviet Union, Today, the Americans seem to be following in the footsteps of their old adversary, providing fresh proof of the paradox of weapons development that we have proposed. And the weapons developed, they propose are the new concept weapons, the information warfare weapons. So Dr. Yen, in terms of Ukraine and what they're doing there, and what I call the head fake for conflict with Taiwan, what are your thoughts and what are your thoughts on Xi and, and China's efforts in that realm? Okay, first, uh uh, we have enough evidence show that exclusive from our exclusive source that China supplied uh, uh, Russia for financially and uh, also uh, using the 
the weapons and uh, all the other materials for the uh, Russian's invasion toward Ukraine. And also, China has already prepared, uh, according to our source, is over 300 different protocols to get Taiwan. And uh, the like using last year, using the Rolls ships, they have already modified it to uh, install with the equipment, weapons, and soldiers. That was one of the kind of failed plan at that time. But they also have other alternative plans like the presidential election in Taiwan and all the others. However, what uh, like both get Ukraine and get Taiwan are not the ultimate goal for China and Russia. And they have already combined together. What they want is aim to the world order based on the US dollar, based on the Western civilization. And clearly their ultimate goal is to attack and finally conquer the United States. So when we are talking about Ukraine and Taiwan, this is just the front line to protect America. And they have also already reached, managed to reach to the mainland of the United States. And as you have already mentioned about the South border issue, right? Yes. So if we just focus on Ukraine and Taiwan, then we forget what the next step, then definitely you will feel in the soon future. Because now we can say that as uh, we have discussed, these same authors latest article has mentioned clearly that we have to end the U.S. And also the other PLA officials has clearly mentioned to attack the mainland of United States. And we have seen that in the past few months, every month, thousands of the PLA trained uh, military aged people, some of them were already identified as agents, get into the South, uh, U.S. through the South border. What they are going to do, I know they they are going to pretend to be anti-CCP. They are going, many of them are going to get asylum in the United States and they are going to learn driving. They are going to purchase gun legally in the United States and they will do a lot of subtage in the United States. And this is as what described in this book is morning when you wake up, suddenly you surprisingly find that oh, everything around you be, can be weaponized to, towards you. So a this is- Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Very go, I'm sorry, go ahead. I mean, this is something very dangerous. So when we think about what they will do to Ukraine and what they are going, what they have done to Ukraine and what they will do to Taiwan, you should always think about this is an example will be repeatedly to, uh, will be repeated to the United States in your mainland to Americans. So you have to understand your enemies as much as possible. And the key point here is your enemy is using both weapons, the technology and also cognition. So that's why you have to understand how to use the cognitive interference, how they try to make it. And also you have to be proactive to deal with it, not just follow it. Oh, exactly. And so we have a couple minutes left here. I want to highlight a few specific points here. One, you mentioned Russia is being supplied by China, but China is also now supplying Iran with hypersonic capabilities. This is yeah. extremely dangerous as Iran is also going to get nuclear capabilities. As I wrote my 2019 paper, there is a biological 
uh, weapons scenario, 23 and Xi, I call it. But uh, Taiwan does not need to be invaded by people. It can be invaded biologically, too, with different bioweapons. And they could focus just on the top leadership, just as Dr. Yen said they could do here in the United States, because there are no boundaries. There are no boundaries. And if they do such an attack against their leadership here in the United States, how are they going to attribute that? So in their book, a couple of key points on the new concept weapons. The authors say they they basically transcend the domain of traditional weapons capable of inflicting material or psychological casualties on the enemy. There is nothing in the world today that that cannot become a weapon, as Dr. Yin is talking about. They say a breakthrough in our thinking can open the domain of weapons kingdom in one stroke, so which they have. As as they say it in the article, in their book, as we see it, a single man-made stock market crash, a single computer virus invasion, or a single rumor or scandal can result in a fluctuation of the energy country's exchange rates. With regard to flood of new concept weapons, technology is no longer the main factor. What must be made clear is the new concept weapons is in the process of creating weapons that are likely, that are closely linked to the lives of common people. So this is Dr. Yin and I'm trying to highlight out here. This is where they're doing the head fakes, Ukraine and Taiwan. But they're doing a the cognitive warfare and they're doing it in a very effective way to subvert our democracy, to subvert our economy, to subvert our world position and leadership by bleeding this dry, weapons-wise and money-wise. And with a corrupt Manchurian president in the White House, we have some significant issues. So as we close here today, Dr. Yuni, i got 30 seconds. Do you have anything else you'd like to add today before we close out? I just want to add one thing that it not only supplies the hypersonic or nuclear technology to the uh, their uh, allies, they also supply the novel bioweapons and the technology to manufacture that. And this is very concerning and urgent things we need to deal with. Well, thank you very much again, Dr. Yen, for joining me today. I'm here on the National Security Hour to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. I will go outside the fog of the daily chaos to give you a strategic perspective on national security issues and speak truth to power, the power of we the people, so we together can best ensure the resilience and security of our republic. Thanks for joining us on the mission. The National Security Hour is the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America.